What do you want to demonstrate to them through your suffering? That God is not able to get you through even though your husband isn't going through the way you would like to see it? What are you demonstrating to your family how to go through? Because that, ladies and men, is what we're going to be facing. And it's time to really turn on your God desire. Make Him your ambition. Make Him your hunger. Make Him your life. I wonder if the story of the prodigal son isn't a fitting image for a wife longing to see her husband return to the Lord. Every day she hopes and prays, eager for him to come to his senses and return to God. But the father in that story is a picture of God, and God doesn't grow weary in that waiting and suffering. But we do, and maybe that's you today. For months or years or decades, you've been praying for your husband to change, but he's still in that far country, and you don't see any chance he will change, and you're ready to listen to the voice that's telling you to give up. What should you do? I can't promise you that this episode has all the answers, but I will say I believe it will give you hope. This is Purity for Life. everyone, this is Patrick, and before we get started, I just wanted to give a quick announcement. This episode is being recorded in the beginning of October, and by the time you're hearing it, Nate and Jordan will be in Brazil on a three-week speaking trip sharing with thousands the same truths you hear all the time on this podcast. So as Nate prepares for this, I'll be hosting for him. But have no fear, your favorite cat-loving podcast host will be back. But in all seriousness, I bring this up because we would deeply appreciate your prayers for them. A few months ago, the first of what we pray are many men came to the Pure Life Ministries residential campus in Brazil. That's right, in Brazil. Now, Pure Life Brazil is not a direct extension of our ministry, but the men who started it are passionate for purity and have been inspired by our work here in the States. And it's our hope that Nate and Jordan will help gain awareness for this new program and that those who hear them speak will be deeply impacted to repent, to surrender. I mean, if you listen to the Victory Series, that's what we hope is going to happen for the guys who hear them speak. And we would really be appreciative if you, our listeners, would join us in interceding on their behalf. Okay, so this week we're continuing on where we left off in the conversation with Kathy and Carol last week. And while last week we assumed that the husband was repenting of his sin, this half of their talk comes from the point of view that a man hasn't really surrendered to the Lord and given up his sin yet. And what I heard again and again from both women is that there are so many different ways that this could be playing out that it would be impossible to give you counsel through a podcast on what to do for your specific situation. But like I said in the intro, I really do believe that God will use this to speak into some tough areas in each of your lives, and I pray that the Holy Spirit will take our meager loaves and multiply them for His glory. 
All right. So in our last episode, we were dealing with some comments and questions that came in at our annual conference for the Ladies' Roundtable, and we want to continue the same thing here. But in our last show, we were mainly talking to wives whose husbands have had a genuine experience of repentance and are on a new trajectory. Um, Unfortunately, there are a lot of situations where a wife genuinely wants to overcome, but her husband is not repentant. Um, Maybe he claims to be a Christian. Actually, I'll just read the question as it came in. Mm -hmm. How does a wife overcome when her believing, born-again husband is not walking with the Lord and is willfully sinning? Okay. This will be a short show. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, at the risk of sounding very, very unmerciful and hard-hearted, I'll preface that by saying I know that there are believers who have real struggles with sin. They just do. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like the battle of their life because Mm -hmm. they are. The reason it's a battle is because they know the Lord. Mm -hmm. And it's very, very difficult for a man— who has been saved to continue in sin. So he's got this <laughs> ping pong table thing going on, just this wanting to walk with God, mm-hmm. wanting it, really wanting mm-hmm. to be right, and then getting overwhelmed with temptation mm-hmm. um, and caving. And that is common, especially in our culture, especially for a young man who is just maybe new in the faith or has been walking with the Lord for a few years, but he just cannot get the victory. And in a a sense, that's what we're here for. That's what Pure Life Ministries is about. We're here to help men learn how to live the Christian life. I know Mm -hmm. that sounds ridiculous to some people, but that's what we're doing, and that's what God has arranged. This was God's intention, not our own. We're just following his lead, but he uses the residential program, and the Overcomers at Home program to teach men how to walk a disciplined and godly life, how to overcome in the midst of overwhelming temptation. So there is that side to it. And for the wife, especially a a young wife who's just been devastated by her husband's sexual sin, this is not a personal attack against you as a woman or as a wife, or there's not something wrong with you. He's not doing this because you're not enough, et cetera. It has nothing to do with you. This is his heart issue. And this is about his lust that he has to learn how to overcome. Hmm. So you need to understand that. And even if you've been married for a while, and this has been in your marriage for a while, kind of intermittent, if your husband agonizes over his sin and is broken, that to me is a good indicator that he will do the right thing. However, and this is the sermon, (laughs) if you study the scriptures, and I mean study the scriptures, I don't mean go listen to sermons on YouTube by your favorite guy or whoever, This to me is such a big, big topic for every believer. You need to know what the Word of God says for yourself. 
and not what somebody has told you to believe about the Word of God, not what some church denomination has told you what is the truth. You need to know what the truth is. And I'm not going to tell you what to believe, but I will say this, and this comes from many decades of studying the scriptures and grappling with this issue, because we live with, I have lived with sex addicts almost my entire adult life. So it's a big deal to me to know the truth of the scriptures. I don't believe from the scriptures I don't believe it's possible for a person to live in habitual sexual sin or habitual sin of any kind and walk with Christ. And you'll have to do your own research on that. Again, I encourage you to find out for yourself from the Bible what the Bible actually says, um, because there's a lot of doctrinal confusion out there. I will say it. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of God confusion Mm -hmm. in the church and What is more confusing is people professing to be Christian and live with perversion. Mm -hmm. That's confusing to me. And it's not, you cannot find a place in the Bible that puts an okay on that. Mm -hmm. God loves me, therefore I can. Mm -hmm. God's grace will overcome. That is not scriptural. So I know that this sounds harsh. And it's probably out of a lot of people's wheelhouse of what they've been taught and what they've believed their whole life. But I challenge people to really consider these things and look at the Bible for themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll just use my own life and say that I was, um, I was born again, Christian. I just gotten saved and, um, you know, (laughs) ended up living a, a life of fornication and adultery And how could that be? I'm a brand new born again Christian. Well, part of how I knew that I was God's child, his daughter, was because there was pain involved. There was conviction going on. Mm -hmm. There was discipline taking place. There was chastening. There was a battle within me. There was this hatred for the things that I was doing, knowing that how can this be? Mm. So again, without getting into the whole doctrinal thing, you know, I do believe I had, I had just gotten saved at that point and then given over to the lust and the desires of my flesh. There wasn't a surrender at that point. There wasn't a yielding my headship. I am, you know, sitting on the throne of my life and okay, God come alongside of me now and bless me, which is just so typical of most American Christians there was this battle going on and then there had to be that full surrender Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. lordship. So, you know, is your husband actually really born again believer? You know, I don't know. I'm not going to say whether he is or he isn't, but again, what Kathy was saying is true. Go to scripture, go Mm -hmm. to Hebrews where it talks Mm -hmm. about being disciplined and chastened by the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, first John, I just think of first John, you know, chapter three, it talks about the one who's been born of God doesn't continue to practice in that sin. Mm-hmm. Something's taking place within that person. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is coming in and dealing with you and convicting you. So you you can't continue right. to practice sin if you are a true believer. So there are words, key words in the New Testament that I'll just throw them out there for study. Just something for you to track down yourself. The word practice is a good word study to do and get the context of what that word is saying. 
light and darkness. They're contrasting words, but they're throughout the New Testament, and they bring clarity to light and darkness, and what light looks like, what darkness looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, there's truth, and there's lies. Those things contrast. They're contrasting statements. But if you look at the context of what those things are saying, and the tenor also of the yeah. New Testament right. is that now keep in mind that the New Testament is full of warning. There is a lot of warning, especially in Paul's teaching and in the book of Revelation. There are many warnings, and all of that is to believers. Mm-hmm. In the book of Hebrews, that book is full of warning. And there's a reason why in the last days, men will be lovers of self, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. There are many lists in the New Testament that describe the light, the darkness, the truth, the lies, the righteousness, the unrighteousness, the lawlessness, the law keeping. So I'm saying all of this to help people understand that And for any men that may be listening, you cannot live a life of habitual sexual sin and walk with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying that if a guy is struggling but fighting to come out of it, that's a different issue. But Mm -hmm. a man who's been struggling and fighting for 10 or 15 years, Mm -hmm. I would be afraid of that. Yeah. Yeah, so then can we turn the conversation to the wife? Mm -hmm. If she's looking at her husband and she's saying— that's my husband. Mm-hmm. He's He's been in this for 10, 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. I don't see a genuine ongoing determination that he's going to find freedom. You know, I see maybe where he gets caught and he appears sad and then he just starts mm-hmm. sneaking and hiding or he tries to placate me for a period of time, but when the pressure's off, then he just keeps doing what he was doing. Let's get the focus off of him and just talk about how does she overcome Because I would think at some level that realizing that about her husband almost seems like a death sentence (laughs) to her. You know, I'm going to live with this for the rest of my life Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So how does she overcome? What kinds of things would you say to her? For her own personal spiritual life, almost getting rid of the idea of what to do about her marriage. Yeah, it's tough. (laughs) Go ahead, Carol. No, it is. It's tough, but it's what I came to Pure Life Ministries, you know, listening and hearing um, the very woman who, you know, we're talking to this morning and just the encouragement and counsel to get your eyes on Jesus, get your eyes off of your husband and get a life in Christ Mm -hmm. for yourself and learn to walk with Jesus and to yield to him and to obey him learn to love him more than you love yourself, more than you love your life in this world more. Again, we talked about it. Then you love the happy marriage. Ask God to show you and teach you, Lord, what is it that you want to show me and teach me through this trial of living with a man who is professing to know you, but yet is living in this ongoing sexual sin. And yeah, it's not easy. It's not. I mean, I remember, you know, calling Kathy and just being like, I, you know, came out of just amazing 
intimate times in prayer with mm-hmm. Jesus, so connected mm-hmm. to him. And so, okay, yes, Lord, you know, I, I this is what I'm going to do today. And then <laughs> again, just failing, failing, mm-hmm. absolute right. failure myself. And um, so all I can say to that woman is, your faith is in Jesus. Your faith is in God for your husband. And so it's, again, I said it in our last session, and that is praying for him. There's nothing we can do to change him. You can't change him. So praying for him, bearing him to Jesus and asking on his behalf that the Lord draw him to himself, that the Lord give him a hatred for the evil and the sin that he loves so much. Um, that is your battle. That's the battle that God's called you to be in. If you are still living with an unrepentant husband in sexual sin, I believe. Yes, I agree with you. And I, the frustration for us as leaders and, you know, having gone through this and trying to counsel multitudes of women, the frustration is, is that everybody wants a happy life. Everybody wants a happy marriage. And, you know, I don't, I don't fault anybody for that. That's what I wanted. But I just would love to be able to impart a different perspective that would help you realign your loves and your desires. Because I said this in our previous discussion, alluded to the days we're coming into. And there has to be something more in us, a different desire in us, a different hungering inside. We need a different Mm -hmm. hunger. Mm -hmm. Because being hungry for a good marriage is is one thing, and it's I'm not obviously you guys. I want your marriages to be satisfying and to be a true representation of Christ in His church. That's what I want. That's what marriage is supposed to be, mm-hmm. not a happily ever after, but a true representation of Christ in His church. However. The days we are coming into, I just want to sound an alarm. It's time to wake up, and it's time to really get your get your Bible on, learn the Word of God, know your Word for yourself, learn how to really pray. It will cost you dearly to be this kind of a Christian. And I will also say this. You can go to all these other places on YouTube, whatever, to go get your your girly fix. It drives me crazy. Some of this flowery stuff that's out there because it's not what you need, what is going to satisfy you ultimately and Mm -hmm. eventually is a depth in God, not a happy marriage. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of you have children and you're thinking about your children and I'm thinking about them too. But what do you want to demonstrate to them through your suffering? That God is weak, that God is not able to get you through, even though your husband isn't going through the way you would like to see it. What are you demonstrating to your family Mm -hmm. how to go through? Because that, ladies and men, is what we're going to be facing. And it's time to really amp up. Turn on your God desire. Make him your ambition, make him your hunger, make him your life. 
There's no other answer. Nobody has a magic answer. The magic for some people is divorce. Okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. You that is for you to find out, but I don't think that that's God's end game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I did want to mention because I think some women will be listening with this in the back of their mind, which is just so what are you saying? I could never divorce or I can never do this or that. We don't want to it's impossible to give godly advice in this scenario. Yes, it is. There's mm-hmm. there's too many factors. Our mm-hmm. our approach here is to give the woman what she herself needs spiritually right. apart from the specifics of the scenario. Right. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that Nate because I'm not saying that you just have to, you know, suck it up and deal with right. it and just, and just pray. Yeah, just pray. I don't right. mean to sound so callous and so out of touch. Um, all I'm saying, though, is for 40 years, after 40 years, during this process of being in this life with sexual addiction for 40 years and walking with Jesus through it, this is what I've come to, that <laughs> to love God and to fear him. Is, yeah. the, is the end game, is the end story. And um, if you feel like you can't do this and you feel released by the Lord to divorce yeah. your husband, that is between you and God. No person right. should be telling you or not. or Yeah, nobody should be telling you what to do with that. That is between you and the Lord. I'm yeah. not telling you not to divorce and I'm not telling you to divorce. I'm not right. saying anything about any of that. That's right. I, I tell ladies that, you know, You've got to go to the Lord. You've got to learn to hear from God. You know, a counselor can't tell you what to do. Your pastor can't tell you what to do. You know, they might have mm-hmm. advice for you, but no one can tell you whether you should just stay and pray or whether you should separate and pray. So, yeah, I, I fully agree with that. And I, it grieves me, though, because I have women that say that they have, you know, they use because of my husband's sexual sin you know, my relationship with the Lord has waned or I'm not connected mm-hmm. to him. And it's just, that should be the thing that drives you mm-hmm. to Jesus. That should be what drives you to, again, to hear from him. Because I believe I heard a very strong call early on when I was not, when I first found out about my husband's sexual sin, because I was, <laughs> was out of it. But when I was getting before the Lord and I was seeking his face, I was seeking him. I was asking to be released from the marriage and I felt like he was saying, you're not, you're not released from this mm-hmm. marriage yet. Mm-hmm. And so only God could, you know, and then I had Pure Life Ministries that came alongside of me that encouraged me to stay in the marriage, to fight, you know, the battle, to get on my face before God and to, mm-hmm. yeah, but, but again, we have to hear from the Lord. We can't be told, yes, you deserve to go get yourself a divorce because your husband's been in unrepentant sin, you know, for 20 years. Um, Yeah. It's a difficult situation. I don't care how you cut it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, just to be real and raw with everybody, there is no easy answer. There just isn't. And I know that it sounds a little bit dramatic and hopeless to hear that in the days we're coming in, blah, blah, blah. But it is a reality. And I I always think about different women of God, Amy Carmichael comes to mind, um, even Elizabeth Elliot and the go-forths and 
William Carey and his wife. These are all missionaries that lived, you know, back in the early 1900s, mid-1900s, late 1900s. And it's apples and oranges in a certain way because these women went on the mission field with their husbands. and But what they had to endure to serve the Lord, in our day, we would call God a tyrant. We would assign to him the most cruel terms we could come up with because we are so Americanized mm-hmm. and we are so... Um, spoiled here. We don't know how to suffer. So I think about these women and some of these women, I think it was Rosalind Goforth lost five children on the mission field. And there are many others. I'm just naming a few, but there were many, many others who suffered tremendously and they were doing the work of God. Amy Carmichael spent the last 20 years of her life an invalid um, Mm -hmm. when she was ministering, getting these young girls out of these temple prostitutes. They were in a they were being sold as sex slaves, basically. And she was rescuing them, and she ended up in bed for 20 years. You know, the point I'm trying to make is suffering is very much a part of life. You cannot get around it. And just because we're Christians does not exempt us. In fact, it throws us right into the middle of the fire. So I don't know where all that fits into your theology or or whatever, but all I know is that we all need a better perspective of God and a better desire for him. He is worthy of everything that we have. And yeah. Well, I think the hard thing in America is that there is so much opportunity to pursue mm-hmm. the happy yes. life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's the money, there's the leisure time, there's the entertainment and the pleasure and so Really, it's pretty well within our grasp to pursue and gain what would seem to be a happy life. And I think what you're bringing out, Kathy, is that there are coming days when it will be impossible to find a happy life as we know it now. If you think of Christians living in communist Romania or communist Russia, there is no such thing as a happy life to be found. The American dream is not there. Yeah, it's not possible. So their only hope, their only recourse was to find the spiritual resources needed Mm -hmm. to go through. And if we don't know how to go through now, it's going to be exponentially more difficult then. Yeah, and I sincerely believe that's what God's trying to teach us is how to suffer. Yeah. I really do. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. Sexual sin is the tip of the iceberg. So, you know, I know that sounds very gloomy and doomy, but it's real. <laughs> yeah. It's well, it would be better to real. wake up and come to grips with reality now mm-hmm. than to have to face it then. Mm-hmm. Because we live in, in America, we feel entitled to have an easy life. And so most even well-meaning friends, family, coworkers are going to you know, tell a woman, you don't deserve this. Yeah, you don't need yeah. this in your life. Yeah. Go out and find somebody else or something yeah. else. Yeah. Well, first of all, what I want to say to that is that any sincere woman who really, sincere believer, I should say, mm-hmm. who desperately wants to live a life pleasing and honoring to God mm-hmm. knows that that is not, I, I don't believe that that's what God is 
saying to her, just Mm -hmm. go out and dump him and find somebody new or something. But the other thing I want to say is that, you know, whether you decide to stay or you decide to divorce or separate, you still have to go through it. I don't care. You know, you still have to go through what God has allowed to come into your life. So basically I'm saying just because you decide to ditch the guy doesn't mean you don't have to deal with with the pain, the mm, suffering mm-hmm. of the unfaithfulness of, of a husband, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, what's to protect you from this happening in the future? That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. I mean, that's the thing that would be like, how would you ever trust any man again? You know, if you leave in divorce now, how would you ever trust another man? How would you know? Because... You know, again, I keep harping on this. I'm sorry if it sounds like a broken record, but the days we're coming into deception is enormous. Yeah. It's an enormous theme in the New Testament. And how will you know? Because my guess is, is that when you married the man you're married to now, you were sure it was God's will. Right. So there are things we have to grapple with and work through. Yeah. And many of these women say, I didn't know. He was in Mm -hmm. sin. Mm -hmm. I didn't. Mm -hmm. I didn't know for 13 years. I had no clue. So how, like Kathy said, how will you know if if you dump him and go with somebody else Mm -hmm. that he's not carrying the same baggage that your first husband was in? The thing that I hear you guys saying is that the real enemy is not your husband. Yeah, The real enemy is the world and the flesh and the devil. And sometimes it sounds like a woman might think she has won the battle by divorcing, but really she's gone mm-hmm. to bed with a far worse enemy. That's very that's right. true. Yeah, it's an excellent way to put it because it is. Yep. you're just trading one thing for another and neither are. Yeah. You're believing a lie. You're almost trading one lie for another lie. Hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, deception is full of lies, you know. That's so. what deception is, is yeah. lies. And I, I tell you, I just... <laughs> My heart goes out to young women, especially young women with children, Mm. who find themselves in this situation and don't have really a means of support. They don't have financial help. They don't have that stability. And I think that's where a lot of people are at. They, They crave the stability of a man to provide because that's how God wired us. And so that is crumbling and falling apart, and our natural recourse to stave off all of that instability is to find somebody else. So I don't fault anybody or definitely don't condemn anybody for thinking that way. And I know in my situation, I didn't have children, but um, well, I'm not a good situation because I've never had children, and my first marriage, it was I wasn't a Christian. So, But women who have children who are married to a man who's obviously not repentant and you can't see repentance in the future, you have to get the heart and mind of God. Mm-hmm. Other people cannot lead you in that direction, and you can't let people tell you how to handle your future. It's a very, very, very hard situation. I've got a, a dear friend now who has several children, and her situation's different because her husband is dying. But facing that 
it's almost the same thing. It's almost a death. Divorce is a death, you know, mm. and she has to consider her future without the man. A man is so important to a woman's life. Yeah. Um, I don't degrade that or ignore that. It's so important for a woman to have a man in her life, but it's equally important, more important, the ultimate important is to have Christ Jesus in her life mm-hmm. at the top, on the throne, ruling mm-hmm. and reigning. And that, I know, sounds like a fantasy, but it's not a fantasy, ladies. It just takes it's time it's not. for that to become a reality. Yeah. yeah. It's not at all. It's not. Um, and the fear of not having the husband is, is huge for women. It'll either cause them to do something foolish and, and impulsive, like leave, um, divorce, or, it, you know, it'll cause them to stay and live in that fear and, you know, be in this prison uh, with this man because the focus mm-hmm. is on him the whole time. And, yeah, I can say that Jesus is enough. Mm-hmm. He is enough, whether you have that man or you don't. But it begins with your priority to mm-hmm. go after Jesus for yourself mm-hmm. and seek him with all of your heart, your soul, mind, and your strength. Again, to get your eyes off of your husband mm-hmm. and what he is or isn't doing and get them onto Jesus, the one who is your husband, your true husband, mm-hmm. and will be for all eternity. Yeah, I think it's hard. It's so hard for us because when we're in the midst of these difficult trials, we can't imagine how it could ever change. Yeah. We just can't, you know, it's yeah. like this is an impossibility. Everything will stay exactly the same as it was yesterday and it will be tomorrow. And there's just something so difficult for us to imagine God being able to invade our inner world. Mm-hmm. in such a way that transforms everything about the situation without changing the particulars of the situation. But right. it's true. It is true. Yeah. It is absolutely it, it, the truth. Yeah, it can happen. But you know, the sad part is, a lot of times it doesn't, you guys. A lot of the times you're, I'm hearing from women who are still in the same, I'll say it off the cuff, you got miserable situation that they've been in. You know, their husband is they thought came into some kind of repentance and change. And he did, you know, he was different when he came home from pure life or he was different after the, the at-home program. And then he just lapsed back into the old Started way. drifting. Yeah. Yeah. It's painful to hear those stories. It's mm-hmm. just so painful. Yeah. But for every one of those stories, there is the story where the transformation is being and taking place in the heart of each, the husband and the wife. And God is creating and making something brand new. Yeah. Can you talk more about a wife who really truly finds freedom inside even though her husband doesn't change? Yeah. It's my testimony. Mm-hmm. Part of my testimony. Mm-hmm. I determined to stay with Steve even mm-hmm. though he was still in his sin. He was full on in his sin and he was not hiding it. But it was almost like I was living in a split screen, (laughs) if you could say it that way. I had a mirror monitor in front of me. He was living the life he was living, and I was living in the same house with him, married to him. All of those dynamics were exactly the same, but I lived 
what I have come up against for a long time is unbelief Mm -hmm. that that can happen. But I'm telling you, it happens. God can come to you. You can come to God in such a way that you don't have Mount Everest sexual sin hanging over your life. You can live your life in the presence of God. It is possible. Mm. It's not impossible. And I refuse to succumb to that. And you should refuse to succumb to that. If you don't have that hope, what hope do you have except divorce and Mm -hmm. trying this again, trying on a new pair of shoes? Jesus has to be everything, the all-sufficient one for you. Mm. He has to be that. Mm. Yeah. And if, if you are negotiating terms between a happy marriage and a happy Christian life, then you're not going to get what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get what you need. Right. I would say this to any man, and I've talked to Trust me, I probably counseled as many <laughs> men in sexual sin as I have women. If you don't surrender who you are, what you are, what you want, all of your dreams, all your ambitions, if all of that isn't laid on the altar, mm-hmm. you're not going to get what you need. You mm-hmm. have to give up. You have to surrender. He is God. You are not. He calls the shots. You are not. It's his will be done not mine. Right. And, and you both have to be in that mindset. His yeah. will be done, not mine. But, you know, I do want to just touch a little tiny bit, and Kathy, maybe you can add to it, on the women who, you know, so we're talking about a man who's, you know, in unrepentant sexual sin. Some women really are confused about what that means. Hmm. For instance, a wife is married to a guy, and I've counseled some, and, you know, he's his track record has been fairly good for three months. And then he has a failure and he gives over um, and he starts to view pornography. And so she's absolutely devastated, Mm -hmm. devastated Mm -hmm. and sees that this is a man who is in habitual sexual sin. Mm. So, I mean, I can attest to that Mm -hmm. until I came into what Kathy just shared, this abiding relationship with Jesus his failures didn't devastate me mm. as much mm-hmm. um, as time went on because I started to empathize with the struggle in a sense, mm-hmm. but I also had something greater than just him not giving over to looking at other women. So can you talk more about that too? Because I know that you probably have more to say on, you know, what does it look like? What is unrepentant sexual sin? Because they're very confused about this. Well, yeah, and it's it's not easy to nail down because, like I was saying, I can't remember when I said it. I've said it a lot. That, especially for young men who are professing to be Christians, there I live with 42 godly, godly young men who struggle. They have mm-hmm. struggles. They have lust. They have... We're men. They are men, okay? (laughs) They're men. And they have this thing in them that is very, very powerful, okay? It's powerful. It's not like, yeah, I'm not a man, but I've been around him so much I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) We still don't understand women, but she understands us. (laughs) (laughs) Go figure. Um, They... So, okay, a godly young man, this is what it looks like, or a godly man. 
because my husband is a very godly man, and my husband struggled for years after he repented of his sin. Um, What it looks like to struggle after repentance is you still have lust. You still have that pull. You still have the culture that's tugging Mm -hmm. and pulling and, and, you know, almost torturing you to come back. You've got a demon on your back all the time. We have demons on our backs, ladies, but now we're talking about men. So they've got all this, but what a godly man will do is he'll resist. He'll fight. He'll say no. He might fall. He gets back up. He keeps walking. He keeps going after Jesus. He keeps mm-hmm. believing. He keeps trusting. He falls. He gets back up. And eventually those falls get further and further mm-hmm. apart. And eventually they are no more. Doesn't mean that he doesn't struggle with lust in his mind because they do. Okay. It's just a reality of life. But that's what it looks like. An unrepentant man may put up a good front for a while and fail. And usually when they fail, it's pretty bad. They will go further than they should have gone, mm-hmm. but, and they'll keep, they'll keep playing until they get caught. Yeah. They'll hide, they'll lie. Yeah. They'll, mm-hmm. And they usually get caught. And when you're mm-hmm. catching them, that's a pretty good indicator that they're not repentant because mm-hmm. a repentant person will come into the light. Yeah. Even as badly as that feels, as much as that mm-hmm. hurts, they will come into the light. As humiliating as that is, mm-hmm. they will come into the light. An unrepentant man will keep it in the darkness. And that's a track record. It's not just a one-off thing. So just because your husband mm-hmm. blew it and didn't tell you you found out, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's living in the darkness. It just means he's terrified of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or or it's so stinking humiliating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There, you've got a there's a track record, and in the meantime, while you're women, we are amazing creatures. We are. <laughs> we will monitor this behavior until mm-hmm. it kills us. This mm-hmm. is what I want to talk to you about because your obsession with his obsession is killing you both, mm-hmm. and you just this is where you really this is where you have to let go. Right. It'll come out. You don't have to go looking for it. If there is hidden sin, it comes out. What's in the heart comes out eventually, either out of the mouth or out of the life. So, hmm. yeah. All of this is just so good. There's so much more that we could talk about, um, but we're out of time. Nate needs to go get a sandwich. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little hungry. So <laughs> we're going to cut off this really life-giving conversation just because I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't help it. <laughs> uh, to send hate mail to Kathy Gallagher, you could just go to Kay Gallagher at uh, anyway. But she's used to it. I am. Yeah, she just deletes it. I do. <laughs> I have holes in the back of my head from being persecuted. Uh, but seriously, it's really this is a real blessing because it just brings in a very different perspective. A very different kind of voice. You know, you could type, you could go to Apple Podcasts or whatever, and you could find just some run of the mill podcast like mm-hmm. you're talking about that's going to tell you everything you want to hear. But there's so few, there are others, but there are very few that will point you to an eternal perspective that puts Jesus at the center rather than our own temporal lives. Mm-hmm. 
So thank you guys both for spending time with us. Thanks for putting up with us. (laughs) It's our pleasure. (laughs) All right. God bless you guys. I'd like to end by making an obvious plug for our wives program. Now, we don't say it often, but this program is available for you even if your husband is unwilling to participate in one of our men's programs. And like I said earlier, we can't address in a podcast every possible scenario, but counseling and counseling rooted in God's word with a woman who knows exactly what it's like can do just that. There are a lot of testimonies on our website, so I'd encourage you to visit purelifeministries.org backslash wives to find out more. And please join us next week as we start our new series encouraging husbands to begin to fulfill their God-given roles. Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org.